0: it's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com hi there welcome to cricket unfiltered paul dennett here with a mini podcast episode it's a difficult time at the moment. I really hope that you're all keeping well and keeping healthy and that maybe you can find a little bit of entertainment in the next few minutes. Now, meners, if you're listening, I know this is not a topic you're especially interested in, uh, but hopefully for the rest of you, it can be something that you find quite fun. Uh, for me, as an Australian cricket fan, 2019 was one of the great years because there's just so much live cricket to watch from England. Of course, the World Cup, but then the Ashes. And for me, the Ashes have always been the highlight of of the cricketing calendar, especially when they're from England. It's just something magical about being up late. It's the middle of winter in Sydney, it's cold, you've got the, the heater on, a blanket, a bit of hot chocolate maybe, darkened room. Often I'm the only one up watching, and on TV, one of the world's great sporting contests with a history that's unrivaled, beautiful stadiums, great commentary, absolutely magical. And I think we, we, t- we tend to take it for granted a little bit that these days we turn on the TV, we're going to get every single ball live and in HD. But it's something that's always fascinated me as to, well, when did this TV era of watching cricket from the other side of the world kick in? Because, of course, way back in the day, it was the radio that was the only source of being able to listen, to to, to consume the cricket in England, which had a majesty all of its own, lying in bed with the radio tucked to your ear on a low volume. When did the TV era start? I think it's a pretty interesting story. There's a a nice little bit at the end that I've discovered uh, about Kerry Packer's involvement. I'm not saying that I've discovered anything new, but it's something new to me. So maybe you'll find it new to you as well. Well, to begin, a quick personal reminiscence. 1985 was the first Ashes series that I can remember. Uh, I was seven and the previous summer, 1984-5, had got me hooked on cricket. Alan Border was almost the lone man standing against the might of the West Indies. And so the Ashes of 85 were just magical. I played a trick with my parents' help on my four-year-old sister at the time, Rebecca, uh, which was that we'd wait till we were confident that she'd fallen asleep, and then I would then creep out of my bed and come down and watch the cricket with Dad and Mum. And even to this day, when I see a David Gower cover drive or footage of Alan Border almost getting a double century at Lord's, it's just a a special time. And I think part of the reason I might have found it so special was that it was probably special for the others around at the time because it wasn't that common. This was only actually the third Ashes series that you could watch pretty much every ball. Now, I say pretty much because there were some nights when Channel 9 didn't start coverage until the second session, presumably for ratings reasons. They thought keeping their regular programming was better, although looking at the first day of the first test, instead of showing the first session, um, Kerry Packer chose to show Murder, She Wrote, Hill Street Blues, and the Mike Walsh show, so the mind boggles. But In any case, pretty much every ball was live. And that was the case in the previous Ashes of 1981 and the ones before that in 1977. But when you go before that, everything changed. So let's go and have a quick look at how that era came about. 1956, TV arrives in Australia, finally. Um, But it wasn't in time for the 56 Ashes. It came a little bit after the 1956 Ashes. So to get to the TV era, we've got to go to the 1961 Ashes. Now, of course... This is still very much in the radio era. Radio coverage of the cricket had become massively popular right from the start in the 1930s, partially because of the immense success that Don Bradman had had. Now, in the 1930s, the the quality of the radio coming live from England into Australia wasn't good enough for broadcast. And so what they'd do instead would be have someone at the ground who would send a cable under the sea through the uh, electric cable network Down to the studio in Sydney, they would interpret it and then give a synthetic broadcast where they'd kind of pretend that they were there at the game and call it ball by ball. And right from the start, uh, people all around the country became hooked. There's a famous moment in 1930 when one of the first nights the radio broadcaster at about one or two in the morning, and back those days radio stations never stayed open that late, started to think, I might be talking and no one's listening. And he said, is anyone listening? Can can someone give me a, uh, a signal? And straight away, he started to get telegrams and phone calls of people saying, yes, we're listening. And the next day, he'd be getting sent, sent um, treats to keep him up awake at night. And it soon became the done thing across the country that uh, radio sales soared and it became commonplace to stay up till three o'clock listening to the cricket. So 1961, this was still very much the case. There were eight radio stations in Sydney, four of them broadcast the cricket live. ABC's Radio National, 2GB, 2UE and 2UW. So it was very much the era of radio. What would you get if you tuned into the TV? Well, not very much because the the technology simply did not exist to broadcast live across from England to Australia. Satellite was a, a, a few years away and it just could not be done. Instead, Channel 7 decided to show a scorecard in between each program. and Channel 9 tried an unusual experiment. Quoting from the Sydney Morning Herald at the time, TCN 9 has an additional test service of using the still photograph animation technique as a background to a commentary provided by former test cricketer Sid Barnes. The service started last Thursday night and TCN 9 expects the service to be used through the test series. Photographs of all the players caught in various batting and bowling actions are shown on the screen, in accord with the broadcast from Edgebaston, So it's kind of like radio on TV with a few rolling pictures. Didn't work because after that first test match, they abandoned it. What did you get on TV in those first test matches? Well, eventually you got something, but you had to be rather patient. The BBC would show each day's play live. And of course, back in those days, there was no VCR recording technology. So generally, the television that went out live, that was it. It disappeared into the ether. But there were methods of recording it onto film. And I think the main method that was used in the time was they'd actually get a special film camera to record a television set. And then at the end of the day, they would cut that literally up into half an hour's highlights for the day. And that would be shown the next day on the BBC. For Australia, though, the only way to get it here was to put it on a plane. And flight times back then took quite a lot longer than they do now. So the upshot of it all was that in the Sydney Morning Herald, they were able to say with breathless excitement, this... Sydney's three television stations will provide a daily half-hour film service of the first test cricket match now being played at Edgbaston. Each half-hour film will be highlights of a day's play and will be screened on the Sydney stations about four days later. And if we move ahead three years to the next Ashes of 1964, there's been a pleasing te- technological development, and that is that instead of taking four days to arrive, the highlights now only take three days to arrive. Moving forward again to 1968, and we have crossed a threshold we are now in the satellite era. 1968, during the test series, the assassination of Robert Kennedy occurred and Channel 7 carried his funeral live via satellite throughout the night in Sydney. But unfortunately, none of the cricket was shown live on satellite, presumably because of the expense. And in fact, 1968, the coverage was appalling. I'd like to be able to say that after four days delay in 61 and three days delay in 64, that it was only a two-day delay in 68, and it kind of was. They were rushing the highlights there more quickly, although often rather than highlights that only show, they'd show the entirety of the first half hour of play, so they would seemingly just film that live and then rush it to the plane as quickly as they could. But Channel 9 and Channel 7 had abandoned it, abandoned it and the ABC, in fact, very rarely showed anything much either. So anyone out there who can explain why this is the case, was, was was cricket losing popularity or was there this feeling of now that we're in the satellite era, long delayed highlights will no longer cut it? I'm not sure. So let's move ahead to 1972, which would have frustrated me enormously being alive back then because the satellite technology existed... And they used it, but they didn't use it to show the cricket live. They used it to show the BBC cricket highlights live. And almost as though they were pretending that this was live. The ad at the time read, Maybe you couldn't believe your eyes, but OTC let you see it happen. And they had a picture showing screen caps of all of the Australians in a collapse that had occurred in the fourth test. And then it continued, This was the fourth test, live by satellite. Fifth test starts tonight. August 10 through 15, nightly 6pm and 10.30pm ABC television. But finally, on the final day of the final test match in 1972, ABC made the decision to switch to live broadcasting. It must have been a very last minute decision because even the TV guide of that day didn't say that. But Australia was on the verge of levelling the series to all. They'd Gone into the series as strong underdogs, but under the the newish leadership of Ian Chappell, with lots of exciting players, including Dennis Lilly and Greg Chappell and others, Australia had really uh, taken it up to England. And they were losing 2 1, but were looking like they were going to win the final test match. And so it went live. And I've actually had this confirmed by Tim Lane, Rick Finlay, and Jim Maxwell, which are pretty impressive trio. On Twitter, Tim Lane confirmed. The sixth final day of the fifth test was, I think, the first day of cricket televised live to Oz from England. Rick Finlay added, I agree with that. I remember seeing Australia surge to victory, frustrated that I hadn't seen anything that had gone on before. And Jim Maxwell said, big audience on ABC TV saw Marsh and Sheehan steer Australia to victory on Wednesday, August 16, day six, as Tim said, still black and white TV down under. So there we have it. For the first time ever, we've had live cricket ...from England into Australia. Moving ahead to 1975 was a summer very much like 2019... ...where there was the World Cup and then the Ashes. It was the first ever World Cup and there was no plan at all to televise it in Australia. And if you look at the TV guide for the final where Australia was playing the West Indies... ...it had a usual night of ABC broadcast with a station closed at about midnight. But things were different because they made another snap decision... Elsewhere in that edition of the Sydney Morning Herald, you can see an ad. Cricket live on TV from Lords tonight from 8 o'clock, 1975 Prudential Cup World Cricket Final. Australia versus West Indies satellite telecast direct from Lords, London. Full match from 8pm to close of play. That match was an absolute thriller. The West Indies ended up winning it. And I remember regularly Dad talking about how he had stayed up and watched that match in its entirety. And it used to always puzzle me this because I thought, well, you're a big cricket fan Of course you would have stayed up. Why is that notable? But now, having researched it, I realise it's notable because aside from that brief ad hoc situation in 1972, this was the first time you could stay up live and watch the cricket from England. The Ashes then followed and you would think that based on the success of the, the World Cup final broadcast, that ABC would have decided to broadcast the Ashes live and in full. But they didn't. Instead, they did this frustrating thing where they'd show bibs and bobs at the start of each day's play. So a typical night might be the cricket would start at 8.30 and on um, ABC they'd have some comedy show or something like that. Then at 9.30 they would switch to the cricket. You'd get an hour of cricket. Then at the lunch break they would show the highlights from the previous day. Then after lunch they'd show another hour and then suddenly at about midnight they just closed the station. They wouldn't bother showing the rest of it, which must have been intensely frustrating. But again, still kind of the radio era. You'd switch back to the radio. And then here's where Kerry Packer comes in. And I find this quite remarkable. 1977, around about that time, as you probably have heard lots of documentaries and talk about World Series cricket, that Kerry Packer had gone to the Australian Cricket Board and said, I want to show the cricket on Channel 9 and I'll pay you a lot more than ABC is paying you. And they basically told him to get on his bike. And that was one of the reasons that they then decided to launch World Series cricket. The Ashes of 1977 in England was when the story of World Series cricket broke. Indeed, the Ashes were overshadowed and there were lots of people saying, oh, this Australian businessman, he's ruining cricket, he's a traitor and blah, blah, blah. But the ironic thing was that Packer must have approached and received permission to cover the cricket from the England Cricket Board because the 1977 Ashes were on Channel 9 and not on ABC. And Packer didn't muck around. As I said at the start... Every ball was shown of the 1977 Ashes. And so if you look at the TV guide for the first day, of the first test, 16th of June, 1977, on Channel 9 it says, 8.30 till 3.30, first cricket test, Australia v. England live. The first time on television, complete live coverage of the test series. The coverage will follow each ball of the day and commentators will be Richie Beno and Jim Laker. And as I said, this is surprising to me because I'd kind of had the impression that up till then, cricket had never really been shown much on on Channel 9. It was always the preserve of the ABC and it was the battle to get it onto Channel 9. Well, the 1977 Ashes shown in full on Channel 9 and Packer probably made quite a lot of money showing ads all the way through till 3 in the morning. So since then, only commercial reasons have stopped every ball from being shown live. And then the final part of the story is that from 1997 when Pay TV arrived, There's never been a ball missed. As far as I'm aware, if you've wanted to watch every ball live, you can. So there it is. Cricket on the box from England. There's nothing like it. The 2019 Ashes were magnificent. I'm already looking forward to the ashes of 2023. Hope you enjoyed this little mini podcast. Please get in touch and let me know. I'm on Twitter at the underscore summer underscore game. And please continue to listen to Cricket Unfiltered. We're still going to have our regular weekly shows with Menas and me. Menes is going to be doing some interviews as well. And I'm going to be doing a few more of these mini history podcasts. I'm Paul Dennett, and I'll speak to you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.